I've been waiting for this moment for a long time, and I think we just had to wait about 10 seconds longer, but we're here, <laughs> and we're ready to go. <laughs> With a, with a grimace and an unkind gesture from Lauren, our sound tech. It was sincere. Hello, it was sincere. welcome to the best of all possible podcasts. Yay! Here from sleepy little Williamsburg, Virginia on a rainy afternoon, or evening now. Uh, we are uh, associated with Panglossian Productions, a theater company here in Williamsburg that has a love for the... Weird, the new, the unproduced, the underproduced. <laughs> that is what we do. Yes. I like the weird especially. Yeah, and part of part of what we do is that we very commonly will have evenings of 10-minute plays. So people send us plays all the time, and that is to your benefit, you who are listening to us right now on your pot on your iPod or you know in your earbuds. Wherever you may be listening, on your jam box, I just got a jam box, so I'm, I want to tell everybody about it. We're proud of you. It's a Bluetooth speaker, is what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, uh, people often send us plays uh, in order for us to read them, so that we might produce them. And we have accumulated over time hundreds and hundreds of plays that. While some of them might stink to high heaven, <laughs> some of them are actually really very good. But even though we have a lot of good plays, we can't produce them all. So our idea is to do cold reads of these plays for you to listen to at home, to give exposure to these good authors who deserve to have their plays heard, and also to help promote theater here in the Hampton Roads community. In doing so, it's our goal to have a special guest every week, and this week, our special guest is none other than Mrs. Abigail Schumann. Welcome! Now, it's, it's, it's awesome to have you uh, here in the BOAP studios. I just named them that. The BOAP. Best of all possible podcast <laughs> studios. Uh, so, the, uh, Abby and I have worked together uh, on a number of, a project, number of projects over the years. Um, most recently, last fall, with God of Carnage where she was my director. And I think that uh, what's really going to be cool about the, pro the play that we're reading today is that this, uh, just like uh, Yasmina Reza's work, uh, focuses on two women. They're the only characters in the play. So I was wondering about, uh, when, you, when you approach plays that you know are going to be very feminine-driven, uh, what do you do differently uh, than, say, if you were doing like uh, a David Mamet piece? What do I do differently? Hmm, I don't know that I do anything differently. I think in either situation, I'm looking for the truth of the piece. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, of course, asking a woman what she does different to be feminine is sort of, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> different from us. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but, but I think that just looking for the truth of the piece and looking for, you know, those, those universal things that are going to appeal to men and women. And uh, a well-written piece will do both. That's great. That's great. So the piece that we are going to be reading today is a play by an author named Paige Zubel. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about Paige, uh, then you can on her website at pagezubel.com. That's Z-U-B-E-L. Uh, this is a two-person play. Both of the characters are women. And P-A-I-G-E, too. Yes, P-A-I-G-E-Z-U-B-E-L is her name. 
Now, uh, the characters are Laura and Kathy. So Laura is described as Kathy's friend. She's 33, and her gender is female. Kathy is Laura's friend, age 32. Her gender is also female. Wow. As was described in the piece. It was. <laughs> should, it, should I have read that differently? I don't think so. I I think it was very well done. I think <laughs> it, was, it was very thorough and Thank comprehensive. You. <laughs> so, uh... Before we read, of course, there is another. Uh, there's going to be another reader here for our play, and that is Christina Westenberger. Welcome, Christina. Yay! Now, uh, Christina, you have just finished directing a play yourself, Next to Normal, with Williamsburg Players. Yes. And it, uh, if I may say so, uh, was met with. Uh, with great acclaim um, from myself and I think from everybody who's yeah, seen it. Thank you. It awesome was an amazing job. experience. You had uh, you had a number of uh, you had a number of seasoned uh, Williamsburg uh, faces there uh, in in the play with you, but you did have uh, a couple of young people in the show as well. So very talented voices there. Uh, with you. So, uh, what did you find uh, it was like working with, with young people with such high level of experience and capability? Well, with, um, with the kids and, you know, high school, young adult, they were all incredibly talented. Sadie Westbrock is, is on her way to college to be a musical theater major. I had worked with her before and she's been seen across the peninsula in a variety of plays and musicals and concerts. Um, but I had never worked with Jack Cherry before and uh, Jack is a rising junior here in Williamsburg, incredibly talented and, in terms of Panglossian, a writer. So I'm hoping that Jack can become familiar with Panglossian Productions and get some of his work either read as a part of this podcast or maybe even performed in one of those afternoon evenings of 10-minute one acts. And I was encouraging him to possibly write a, a quick little play about the character that he played, Henry and Natalie, and what happens oh. to their story after after the, the, the musical Next to Normal ends. So we'll see where that goes. Nice idea. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both for being here with us today. I just realized a moment ago that I didn't introduce myself. My name is Robert Weathers. I am your humble host here for the Best of All Possible podcast. So reading uh, tonight with Abby and Christina. Christina, I would like for you to read the part of Laura tonight. And Abby, I would like for you to read the part of Kathy. I will be reading the stage directions for you. This is a cold read. Uh, for the pleasure of our audience members listening in their earbuds or on their speakers right now. And I just threw Christina for a total loop. I'm so excited about that. The play is called Jealous, G-E-L-U-S, written by Paige Zubel. Lights up on a bare stage. Laura, 33, with perfectly styled ponytail, black running capris, a lightweight tank top, and an unrumpled marathon number pinned to her chest, trots on stage. She looks tired, sure, but energized enough to keep pushing forward. There's a tight, manic energy pushing in her that she is trying to suppress, or at least override, with optimism. She realizes she is alone on the stage. She checks her watch. Jogging in place, she looks around for Kathy, who still has not appeared. Kathy? Kathy, where are you? We, we've got to keep going. I'm coming. From the same entrance as Laura, Kathy, 32, enters. Kathy's ponytail, like everything else about her, is in exponentially worse shape. 
Her baggy t-shirt is soaked, and her pa painting shorts have begun to make her chaff. She's struggling. She trots up to meet Laura. Both jogging in place, they turn to face the audience. Laura is comfortable. Kathy is in bad shape. Still jogging, Kathy gives Laura a look of dismay. I can't do this anymore. Laura smiles it away. You can do it. Kathy gives Laura another warning look. No, I really can't. Laura smiles at Kathy. You're okay. Kathy starts to sink into the ground. I'm sorry. Laura stares at Kathy. Don't you dare, don't you dare. Kathy sinks all the way to the ground. Laura stops jogging in place. Get up! Get up! We've got to keep our pace! Did you eat those orange wedges? I told you you'd crash if you didn't eat some orange wedges. Do you need some water? I've got a little left in my camelback. But don't drink it all. I, I think I've got some energy gels. The blue ones kind of taste like Christmas, but like also a little bit expired. So maybe like Christmas in June-ish. Something like that. Kathy, Kathy, get up. Laura, I'm tired. It's a marathon. Of course you're tired. Come on. No, I mean like tired, like done tired. What? No, we've been doing great. You've been doing great. Come on, up, up, up. I need a break. You can have a break in 24 miles. I need a break now. You don't have time for breaks. You don't have time for breaks. We, remember we're a team. We're in this together. Can I sit for just a bit? I need a breather. We don't have time to sit. And can we just walk? Like a really, really slow walk? We don't have time to walk. Then, okay, go. I'm fine. Leave me here with the orange wedges. I can't leave you here. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Go on ahead. I'll cheer for you. Oh, no. I'm not leaving you here. You don't want to sit. You don't want to walk. I'll meet you at the finish line. You can tell me all about it. You said you'd do this with me. I way overestimated my abilities. You said you didn't want to train. Well, yeah, that's because I hate running. Then why did you say you'd be my running buddy? Because I was trying to be nice. Nice? Yeah, nice. First the divorce, and then David getting remarried. I figured Laura's had a shitty year. She wants to run a marathon. I'm a good friend. I'll do it with her. That's nice. See? That's what I was going for. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But now we really need to keep moving, so I need you to get up. No. I can't keep up with you. I, I thought this was going to be girl time. Like, we're saying we're going to run a marathon, but it's more like talking shit and drinking wine and stuff. <laughs> Why would you think that? Because that's what we do. That's not all we do. Yes, it is. That is literally all we do. <laughs> Sometimes we do yoga. No, we never do yoga. We grab the remote off your coffee table with our feet because we're too lazy to get off the couch. Marie <laughs> does yoga. You never even mentioned yoga until David married her and Bobby said she took him to a mommy me yoga class. <laughs> I didn't know I told you that. Of course you did. 
You told me when we were talking shit and drinking wine, because that is literally all we do. And I get it, I do. Why you're all wound up about Marie. This has nothing to do with Marie. Why do you keep bringing her up? This has everything to do with Marie. No, it doesn't. Then why the hell are we running the marathon? Because I want to do better. Don't you want to be better? Better at what? I don't know. Life. Being healthy. Laura, you don't care about being healthy. Yes, I do. It's important. <laughs> sure, it's important, but you don't care. And, and I'm not judging you for that. I don't care either. But this yoga, hiking, mountain climbing, marathon running 25-year-old shows up and marries David and starts taking your kid to mommy and me classes and suddenly, what? You magically become a healthy living guru? I just woke up, Kathy. A few weeks ago, I realized, you know what? I'm 33 and I don't want to die soon, so I need to start taking care of myself. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy. Just because you want to pretend to be in your 20s forever doesn't mean I have to. People don't wake up and decide to be healthy and then go out and run a marathon. They put fewer croutons on their salad. They get frappuccinos <laughs> without whipped cream. That's what you call healthy? That's what I call our healthy. <laughs> I don't even like whipped cream. Not since Marie showed up. What is that supposed to mean? It means you've changed. I haven't changed. Look at what you're wearing. What is that? That, that thing called a camelback? What is that? And those pants and that exercise shirt. Running shoes? Energy gels? It's like you're putting on a big show for Bobby, who probably doesn't even know what the hell is going on anyway. He's four. Like, you're showing him that everything his new mommy can do, you can do better. Like you're putting on this whole charade, trying to one-up Marie. And I did not sign up for that. This is not some charade. I saw her at the starting line. Oh. Yeah. Saw her and her perky little dopey smile. And then the starting shot went off and you just zipped out of there like someone lit a firecracker under your ass. I didn't know you saw her. So I'm right? All that healthy eating, 33, won't be the death of me stuff was bullshit? I'm sorry. I don't want you to be sorry. I should have told you. Yeah, you should have. I just needed you here to do this with me. I didn't know if you'd come if you knew this was all about... About... Laura. Laura, are you okay? I hate running! <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay. I thought it would be a good idea. I know. I follow her on Instagram and I see all her posts of pictures of kale salad and, and ginger grape smoothies and it doesn't look that hard. <laughs> I thought I can do that. I can make a ginger grape smoothie. And then there was a picture on her feet of Bobby from the mommy and me, and he looked so happy. And that's my kid on her feed. My kid, not her kid. 
I just want to make him that happy on my own, you know? And then she posted this dumb picture of her marathon number she got in the mail, like, hello, you aren't an artsy photographer. You're not fooling anybody. So I signed up for this stupid marathon and bought these stupid running shoes, and I really hate running. <laughs> Are people staring? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Do we have to finish the marathon? Fuck no. <laughs> okay, good, because I don't want to. <laughs> there we go. That's Laura. Kathy stands. Her legs are jelly. When she steadies herself, she offers Laura a helping hand and hoists her up. I really wanted to beat her. <clears throat> oh, honey. That was never going to happen. Do we have to tell Bobby? Let's drive to the finish line. Take a picture. We'll just say we did it. We can do that? Of course we can do that. And then wine? Good God, yes. So much wine. <laughs> Laura, emotionally drained, and Kathy, physically exhausted, both lean on one another for support and hobble off. The end. <laughs> what a wonderful little play. <laughs> uh, so, now what we're going to do is we're going to have a brief panel discussion, a nice little light-hearted but theatrically-minded discussion about the play that, we've, that we have just read. And to uh, help us along in that, we have invited someone to act as the director's eye, although all four of us sitting here have uh, some extensive directing experience. Uh, but I'd like to invite, uh, welcome rather, onto the panel now, Mr. Ed Whitaker. Welcome, Ed. Yay, Ed! So, Ed, I, I can't help but notice that at the beginning of this play and throughout, there's a lot of level changing going on. Uh, but especially in the beginning, there's a lot of being on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you think that you'd handle that uh, with this short piece here? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think I'd have to do much with it other than what, the, what uh, Paige Zubel talks about. I mean, because, as you said, it's, it's levels. We start with that. And it, uh, it, I think it's pretty cool that we have, uh, let's see, I've got to get my characters here again. Yeah, I mean, Laura, you know, she's up. Kathy comes in low. I mean, we start with that level. That's, a, that's an interesting visual altogether. And there's lots of transitions where those levels can change throughout the play. I mean, one of the things I think is really cool about this is in its short period of time, it's really very, um, oh, I don't, what's the word I want to use? It, it carries through from the beginning to the end, a really nice, tight, and almost surgically well-done visual, you know, mm -hmm. with uh, with what they're doing. You know, Laura being down on the ground, Kathy being up, and then they're, they're coming to equals. You know, all the, the whole play, they're coming together to an equal thing, you know, so they end up together at the same, at the end. So playing with that in a short period of time, it's not too long, it's not too short, you know, you see that visual. I mean, that, that's, if you're talking about levels, that's what... Uh, that's what I like about it. You don't have to do much different with it than what it says. Sure. Well, what about what about you, Abby? What what sort of physical differences do you see in these uh, in these two characters, especially uh, as we're getting to know them in the, in the beginning here? I, I I agree with Ed in that you know it's 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 very well described in the in the show. There 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 are physical differences as far as you know the exhaustion mm -hmm. that is just you know accepted and embraced versus. The exhaustion that is resisted, uh, mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting <laughs> thing, um, because they're both 
they seem to be both the same level of uh -huh. uh, fitness or lack of fitness, but they're they're powering through it each in their own mental way. Like one saying, "Nah, I'm dropping out," and uh, and I think that physically is reflected in her being the one collapsed on the ground. But <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's fun, and it, and I think it portrays. The friendship very well too, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and the fun. levels that that friendship goes through right. just in regular conversation. Yeah, levels. Nice. I see what you did there. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Christina? Well, I I think um, kind of building on what what Abby said, I think watching throughout the the read of the play, seeing how not just are we talking like physical exhaustion, but emotional exhaustion. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So whereas. Kathy is physically exhausted, but emotionally she's right there. She knows exactly what's going on in Laura's head, where Laura's all fit and jogging and, and ready to go, which is just amusing in itself that I was reading that part. Um, <laughs> it was interesting to see how mentally she's emotionally drained. So I think that's, that's something that I really enjoyed about reading this play, and I thought... Um, kind of marrying those two mm -hmm. ideas together was kind of cool. How she how she wrote those those yeah. two characters together, I thought that was really great. Yeah, I like that emotional exhaustion versus physical. Yeah. Exhaustion. And plus, the levels change in that. But mm -hmm. the emotional and physical exhaustion they change. You know, their their two levels change emotionally. But right. you know, they and they, and they level seek out together, the level. Yeah, right? they so seek the level. The end, right. They're both back on the same uh -huh. plane. That's pretty. Which cool. is where friendship takes you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that we walk away from this with a crystal clear image of, it, I think, is exactly what their real level of physical fitness actually yeah. is. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kathy says uh, on our page eight, she says, uh, people don't wake up and decide to be healthy. They go and go out and run a marathon. They put fewer croutons on their salad. They get <laughs> frappuccinos without whipped cream. And I feel like that, that describes most people. I remember... Uh, a long time ago, uh, listening to Drew Carey talk about when he was still heavy and talking about how his mindset was, oh, I'm only going to put one sugar in my coffee today. Look how good I'm being. <laughs> and I, I, get, I get a definite vibe uh, about that from, from these two ladies running a marathon where I think they both realize, even in the very beginning, they have no business doing, doing yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder... Uh, I wonder, do, do, uh, do any of y'all run? Have any of you ever run? I uh, avoid running as much as possible. Me too. <laughs> I'm a big believer in not running. Or Warren runs. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I used to, I used to run. I also, I also used to wrestle when I was younger. And I wonder about, uh, I wonder about the moment before in this play, in the sense of the moment before the marathon starts. What is, what, what are Kathy and Laura doing? In this moment, well, we know that Kathy, um, we know that Kathy's Kathy sees uh, the other the other woman uh, beforehand. I'm really w wondering about Laura. What do y'all think that she's doing beforehand? I would guess she's fixing her ponytail and making sure her shoes are perfectly tied and making sure her number is perfectly straight because if she runs into Marie along mm -hmm. the way, chances are when she runs into Marie, she's also going to see her ex-husband on the sidelines. So she wants to be as perfectly um, put together as she possibly can be. And I wonder if in she, a marathon. Yeah. And I wonder if she's already seen Marie, and she's doing all this in front of Marie to say, "You got nothing on me." Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not letting her know she knows. Mm -hmm. but. 
I think an interesting question to to ask is so what what is Laura's plan if she if she comes across Marie in 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 the race uh, is she going to say is she going to say hi to her or is she going to intentionally snub her, snub her or is she just going to keep running and looking awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I think probably she'd keep running trying to look awesome, but in the back of her head she's thinking, how can I trip her and make her fall? <laughs> but maybe that's just Christina. <laughs> how can I trip her and make her fall? Christina in her chariot with the spikes on the wheels is going to come right through. <laughs> that's... Exactly. That's, that's, that's really funny. I like that. <laughs> so what, when we get out here um, towards the end of the show one thing that we definitely see is uh is a physical change or rather we, we see we see uh an emotional change that i think has to result in a physical change now we know uh, based off of the stage directions that in the end they finally stand up but i think there is an opportunity when they're both uh low to really uh have push some interesting stage pictures um, in the sense that uh, Kathy starts to rise and Laura starts to starts to lower uh, mm -hmm. a little more. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that or how, what it might look like, Ed, um, in to getting towards the end of the play. You know, I think I'd comment on that, Robert. I mean, you you said it. You said that you know that's that's what we're going to be seeing. And I just want to comment on that, that that's, uh, that's something that adds interest to the visual of this pr production. I mean, the, the playwright gives us that ability to vary the level, so what we see visually. I mean, on one hand, you could look at this as a, as a conversation, which by itself, if we just hear the conversation, there's enough to, to interest us in what's going on. Mm -hmm. If we're going to add the visual to it, then when we change the levels from a director's point of view, and we're changing levels, we're just creating something that's interesting looking for the audience but we're matching that look with what's going on emotionally with the women. Mm -hmm. So I'm just commenting and, and just sort of, I guess, validating what you're saying, that that's exactly what would happen. And it matches what's going on with them as they're switching their, as they're switching their focus. I mean, it's like Kathy sort of brings Laura back to a certain focus. Mm -hmm. um, as much as Laura does, you know, she. She brings Kathy to a focus too, but I think Kathy really leads Laura back to reality. You know, mm -hmm. so you get to see a dynamic of of who's bringing what level to what. You know, who who's helping somebody rise? Who's who's you know? You, you know in other words, sometimes to to convince somebody, you have to kind of get to their level. You have to right. join them. Right. And you know, like a little kid, you want to get down in front of them and and get be at their level to join them and to be. So you can be convincing to them, or so you can actually relate to them, and that's what happens. They they begin to relate to each other again in their reality. Um, so, the physical change of the levels is how that's carried out visually in this play. Because there's nothing else in the stage directions. I mean, if I were directing this, we, we wouldn't need any 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 complicated set. You know, right? It just needs to be just these two women. And, uh, I mean, you could have something to kind of indicate they're on, I don't know, where they might be, but that's not really necessary. It stands alone, which is, what, which is, this is a really nice short piece. It doesn't require a whole lot of extra stuff other than what the playwright wrote with their, mm -hmm. with their relationship. I agree. Any further thoughts on that, Abby or Christina? No. All oh, right. <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, I think that the I think that uh, we uh, much like much like uh, the characters in the play, Kathy and Laura uh, can look forward to more wine. Good God, yes, so much wine. So much yeah. wine. Well, I want to thank uh, everyone for participating here with us today. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for being our very Yay. first special guest. Where can we find you? What do you have coming up? <sighs> I have coming up at the end of August, mm-hmm. uh, Panglossian Productions oh, production. Oh, convenient. <laughs> Yay! Can oh, you imagine? Oh, amazing. The Egypt Play, which is an original work by Tori Keenan-Zelt, and we will be at the Williamsburg Library uh, beginning August 18 mm-hmm. for two weekends. Excellent. If you're interested in tickets, make sure you check out panglossian.org. You can also buy tickets at the Williamsburg Regional Library on Scotland Street in town. Christina, what do you have coming up? Well, in November, uh, I have the opportunity to perform the role of Florence Foster Jenkins in a play called Souvenir, a Fantasia on the life of Florence Foster Jenkins at the Williamsburg Regional Library, also with Almost as if by design. (laughs) Almost. Ed, do you have anything going on? (laughs) Other than uh, going and watching both Abby and Christina perform in their various roles, but I I have the privilege of of directing Abby in the Egypt play. So that's taking up my time at the moment. I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience, and that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming out and uh, being on the panel and for being our special guests here uh, tonight. Uh, we hope to uh, release more of these very soon in the future. If you would like to appear as a special guest on our uh, on our podcast, you can contact us through our webpage at panglossian.org. Uh, if you would like to send us a 10-minute play for us to look over in hopes of potentially using it for the podcast, you can send it to literary... At literary at panglossian.org. Yes, I remembered. Uh, anything else? Am I missing something? I, I don't think awesome. so. I think we're good. I've hit rock bottom. I have nothing else to say. Hit rock bottom? Oh, yes, really? of course. Or How could I possibly forget? Let's make certain that we thank Lauren Watkins and Zodiac yes. Productions. Yay! Lauren! Yay! Here you go. Now you're at the top of the mountain. You're not rock bottom anymore. That's right. I've come back up to the top, and I'm going to end on a high note. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and look out for more uh, podcasts from the best of all possible podcasts with Panglossian Productions in the future. Good night.